0: Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this amazing time that we have. Time to be welcomed into your kingdom, into your space. Lord, it is amazing that you want to be with us. It's amazing that you have welcomed us. And so, Lord, we ask now, as we have the privilege of hearing your word, that you will convict us you will transform us. You will do something new that only you can do. Because Lord, if it's about my work or my words, nothing will happen here. But when you show up and when you transform, lives are made new. So Lord, let there be less of me so there can be more of you. Use this moment for your holiness. It's your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Being called is a dangerous thing being called can be um, life-changing life-altering receiving a call can um, radically shift what we were doing and make it something brand new there's a time in my life that um, a call changed my future and um, involved this kind of telephone some of you may remember having this phone in your house uh, we had this phone and, you know, it was an exciting new thing to have because it can walk around the house and you can use it everywhere before you were just chained to the wall to that one place. But now, aha. And so one day we're living on um, Avis Avenue by Delthorne Park and I got a brand new toy and my mom was putting together the brand new toy out in our backyard and the phone started ringing. Someone was calling us. Now i did not want her to stop putting together the toy, right? Because that would have been a horrible waste of time. And who knew who was on the line that may interrupt her toy putting together. So I said, don't worry, mom, I got it. But the problem is it was this kind of phone. And so I did not know where the phone was last left. So I'm running around the house trying to find the phone. And we had these wonderful hardwood floors. And I had socks on. And hardwood floors and socks do not make good companions. And I go turning as fast as I can down this one hallway... My feet go one direction, my head goes the other direction, and I end up right into the corner of the wall. And the next thing I remember, I'm on the floor of my mom's minivan going to Little Company of Mary Hospital to be strapped to a papoose board with a gash running down the middle of my head. So if you've ever wondered, hey, Scott, how'd you get that manly face scar right in the middle of your eyes, that's the story as to how it happened, The call was dangerous, right? The call took me and it moved me and it immediately did something to me. And when I was reading through the gospel lesson today and thinking about what it is to live out the gift, there were three words that just jumped out at me as you sit under that text. And the three words were, repent, follow me, immediately. Repent, follow me immediately. Christ came into the world and we're just about to start his public ministry. And you see the ministry of John the Baptist starting to fade away. And he's standing up and coming onto the scene. And the first little short teaching we get, we're about to get into Matthew's big sections of teachings. Sermon on the Mount is just right around the corner in Matthew 5, but we're still in Matthew 4. And up until this point, we've just heard little snapshots of Jesus' words. We have these little phrases, but it's already laying down who this guy is. And the first things we see here in this section, Jesus says, repent. This is his message. Repent, for the kingdom of God has drawn near. This word, repent, really important word throughout Scripture. And in Greek... It is this metaneo, and it is a powerful word, because what it means, and there's a huge, we hear the word repent, and when you're looking at your child, and if you were speaking in King James English, and they just did something wrong, you would turn to them and say, repent! And what we're trying to communicate is, feel sorry for her. You should not have tackled your sister and held her down, Right? You should not have just walked by her and kicked her for fun. That never happens in my house. I do not know that your house, I'm just making up examples. But you want to say, don't do that and feel bad for it. Don't don't cause your sister that harm or your brother that harm, and you should feel sorry for it. But this word repent and feeling sorry gets confused because actually what repent is about is it's about taking on a new direction commentary that i have um, on this section actually says this that the word repent this is like he, how he describes it get yourself a new orientation for the way you live and then act on it the idea is i was heading in this direction i hear the call repent and i turn And then I start heading in this direction. Repenting is not just feeling sorry for what you've done. If you've done something bad, if you've walked by your sister and kicked her just to make her cry, you should feel sorry for it. But that's not what repenting is. Repenting is recognizing the direction that you're going is not leading to life. And it's going, ah, I need to switch. I need to do a new direction and then act on it. Then start walking down that path. This is what repenting is. And so Jesus shows up on the scene and he starts calling out people to repent. He's not just trying to make them understand that they're sinners, which is part of his ministry. But what he's trying to do is say there's a new way of life around. There's a new way of to live. A uh, the great theologian, Dallas Willard, wrote a book called, um, ah it's called something, I'm blanking on the title of the book right now, and that's going to irritate me for a moment, but I'll, I'll remember. But what he says is, um, in the community, he grew up in Mississippi, and in his community, there was no electricity when he was being raised. And then, young, he was young, the electric company came in. And the electric company said, you can have power. Plug into the grid and live a new way of life. The Divine Conspiracy is the name of the book. Live a new way of life. And he says in his neighborhood, there were those who said, okay. And they signed up for electricity, they got their house hooked up, and now they're doing laundry in their house with electricity, with a laundry machine working. But there were those in the neighborhood who said, no, no, no. I've done this my whole life. I've lived my life without electricity. I've gone out and scrubbed my laundry on my washboard outside my whole life. Nothing's going to change me now. And he's saying, the electric company's coming like Jesus. Repent! There's a new way of life. You can plug in and have light at night and have a laundry machine that works. You can do all these things. Repent! That's the message. That's the first word that Jesus says on the scene. Hey, guys. There's a new way of living. There's something new. The kingdom of God has drawn near. Turn from the path you're on and go in a new direction. Repent. Then, Jesus says, follow me. Right? We hear this next indicative come. Repent. The kingdom of God has drawn near. Then he walks by and he sees these two brothers, and they're fishing. And the the picture that Matthew intentionally lays out is Jesus is traveling towards them, and he sees them, and he looks at them, and he says, follow me. And the most amazing thing that happens, and, and these two words, follow me and immediately, are kind of tied together, but we'll start with the follow me. Jesus says, follow me, and immediately they started got up and followed him. Now, the temptation here is to is to lay this on top of traditional rabbinic um, teaching and understanding that rabbis called out disciples. And um, rabbis were the ones who would go and say to the disciple, come and follow me. And then they would follow them. And, and to try to... Um, put a cultural understanding on that, that is true. But I think by us using our heads too much, it gets in the way of the impact of this story, that when Jesus says, follow me, his words have power. And his words birth inside of those people new life. And so they get up, they leave their nets behind, and they follow him. This is what the power of Jesus's words do. And I think the reader of Matthew, even back in the first century, would go, whoa, those boys just stood up and left behind their way of living, their support, the way they made money, being fishermen, and followed him. Who is this guy? You see what Matthew's doing? He's laying down these little seeds of the power and authority of Jesus. He's the one who follows after John the Baptist, calls out a new kind of repentance. He walks by these two boys who are in the midst of their task. And I say boys, they were probably 13, 15 years old. Maybe on the top, top end, 18. They were, they were young. They were not married. Uh, they were fishermen. They were working for their father. Follow me. And inside of them, his words, speaking from his mouth, go into their ears and immediately leads to action. Why? Because Christ can do amazing things. So again, uh, the commentary says it in just a great way. Come on, slide. People become believers by the power of Jesus's word. They follow him because he has spoken to them and his word generates faith. For Matthew, Jesus' call to discipleship was spoken not only to a few disciples in first century Galilee, but to the church throughout history. Jesus says, follow me. And inside of his believers, faith is worked. Paul says this in the book of Romans. He says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed, and how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard, and how are they to hear without someone to proclaim to them, and how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent, as it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news! But not all have obeyed the good news, for as Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes. Through the word of Christ. Faith comes. From what is heard. Jesus's words say follow me. Our words can contain the power of Christ. Because the Holy Spirit fills us up. And by us proclaiming the gospel. Faith is birthed. Are we. Bold enough. To proclaim the good news of christ believing that by the power of christ's words faith can come not by our wonderful logic not by the ways that we put it but just by believing that christ wants to fill up your words with his spirit and you tell the good news the good news that there's a new way of living and there's a new way of being called that the electric company has come and proclaimed plug in be a part of this new life that jesus ushers in and christ by a simple word follow me got these boys to immediately stand up and that was the third word for me immediately twice right i mean matthew makes the point once and then he goes on to hit it again and then he sees another set of boys And and he goes on even a little bit deeper in that story, and he says, another set of boys, and he calls to them, follow me, and immediately they follow him, and they do something that, that he puts into the text, because there have been times where young boys have followed prophets, but usually they go back to their house and kind of clean things up and make sure it's good with dad, all of those kind of things. But what he points out is he says, immediately they follow him, leaving behind their nets and their father. To follow him to say it so clearly that I, and i think this point is missed far too often the faith that you have within you believing in the good news of jesus christ coming to reinvent the world to transform the world is an absolute miracle it is a gift of god the fact that we're here on sunday morning giving our lives our time our money our energy to proclaim this message is a miracle and it always is a miracle it is a walking miracle the faith that you have birthed inside of you is a walking living breathing miracle and anytime we see it in other people we should celebrate it like a new limb just grew out or something i mean we We get accustomed to this faith, but it is such a radical, incredible thing that it needs to be celebrated. It needs to be called out and and pointed to and said, look, look at what's happening over there. And what causes that is the power of Christ's word saying, follow me, saying, repent. The kingdom of God has drawn near. That's what causes this miracle. This is what we live in every day is the opportunity to see these things happen. Repent. Follow me. And then immediately, they started following him. Christ's word calls us to go in a new direction. And then immediately, we follow him. Christ's word calls us to go into a new direction. And this call is not just for those first-time believers hearing this message for the first time, but this call for repent, follow me immediately is for those of us who have come to church every day since the earliest memories we have. What is it in our lives where we're heading in a direction that is not giving life? Where are we missing the call to be the people who God has called us to be? To live out our passion? To do something amazing for the kingdom of God? To take these $10 and have them become seeds that are planted that can grow up into miraculous things? Where is it? Where is it that you're being called to live in a new way and it's really scary because it's going to transform everything? Where is it that you're being called to plug in to the new call that Christ puts on you? This miraculous faith, it moves us to do kingdom work, which then transforms the world. God calling us to repent, speaking the words, follow me, immediately brings his people up to go out and say, okay, Lord, how then? can I see your kingdom come? What can I do? What is it that you have called me to do? Because it's tempting to go, um, hey, let's, let's have the pastor talk to that person or I don't feel like I know enough to be able to proclaim the good news to somebody. But this is the truth that I cannot say enough. There are people in this world who you are the primary person they're going to listen to. Because of your position, because of uh, the trusted nature of your relationship, because you're in that right place at the right time. This is why we hear, always be ready to proclaim the good news that is within you. They're not going to listen to me. They're not going to listen to the trusted theologian. But they're going to listen to you. They're going to want you to say to them the good news. So knowing that you have the privilege of carrying around this amazing news to these people, knowing that your voice is the one that they will believe and trust, realize that moment by moment, that God's kingdom wants to work through you. And this miraculous faith And anywhere there's faith is a work of God. And so if your words bring about faith, do not go, look what I did. But what you say is, look what God did. There, and in me. Because he's drawing people to himself. And so I want just to give us just a way of thinking about responding to these wonderful words of Christ. Repent, follow me, immediately. There's a little uh, sheet of paper in your bulletin. And I want to ask you to consider these four statements. And there's a little spot for your name on that paper, and you're going to turn this into the offering plate. This is how we're going to be called to follow today. And I'm going to put four statements up, and I want you to choose one. One that feels the most true for you one that you feel like is the way god is calling you in this moment to follow him in a new way a passion um a a way of living so these are the four statements one two three four okay and then just click off is it a b c d or is it one two three four on the paper i forgot to look good okay i thought so but just didn't look as i before i stood up here so here are the four statements. I want you to only do the one that feels most familiar to you. And then in the offering play comes around, drop this in. The first statement is this. I feel passionate about seeing people grow deeper in their relationship with Christ. The second, I feel passionate about seeing the world transformed by the love of God. I feel passionate about gathering the people of God together to create new relationships and strengthen the body of Christ. I feel passionate about bringing people into the throne room of God and allowing them to be transformed by the awe and wonder of Christ. None of these are bad. These are all good. But for you, which one resonates within you the most? Which one causes you to say, yeah, I want to see the world changed in that way. That's how I want God to pour himself out through me. And just mark down whichever one going down the list, one, two, three, four. And then when the offering plate comes around, drop it in there. I'll read them one more time and then um, we will sing. I feel passionate about seeing people grow deeper in their relationship with Christ. I feel passionate about seeing the world transformed by the love of God. I feel passionate about gathering the people of God together to create new relationships and strengthen the body of Christ. I feel passionate about bringing people into the throne room of God and allowing them to be transformed by the awe and wonder of Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for being a God who calls us to repent, to go on a new way, who is constantly showing us new ways and promising to never abandon us them, us there. Thank you for being a God who utters the words, follow me. And you bring about that faith. Thank you for being a God who those words are so powerful that immediately we respond. Let us always be grateful for the miracle of faith that's within us. Let us be grateful for what you do inside of other people. Let us boldly tell of your story. Believing that our words are not powerful enough, but your spirit infuses those words and brings about faith. Lord, let us passionately serve you and see your kingdom come in this world. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.